Hey everybody, welcome to the Matt and Mark podcast. We finally have a name for it. <laughs> okay, astute observations and insightful discussions about music, right? <laughs> so it's a mouthful, but it, hey, it works, right? So, God, man, it seems like forever, but it's only been a month since we recorded our first batch of uh, of uh, podcasts. So now we're on to the second batch. Yeah, so. man, I appreciated everybody that watched those and sent me a message, whatever, you know, yeah. that was cool. Yeah, we're getting a little traction. It's, it's kind of nice to see the numbers go up. We've uh, had, uh, we'll shoot over a thousand minutes of viewing within the first couple of weeks, so that's not bad. Wow. People, thousand minutes of their time given watching us clowns. That's that's amazing. <laughs> pretty awesome, it is. So it's it's been uh, definitely a learning experience, too, because I've never done this whole podcasting video stuff, and let me tell you kind of something that was really interesting. So for those of you who don't know, the the music that we use on this is actually my uh, tune from my, I guess it's Mad Dog Mark and the Blues Hounds, right? Yeah, we got this Exhibit A right here. Exhibit A, yes. Circa 1994. <laughs> well, I re-recorded that last year, and I released the song this year. Uh, so I'm using the the, uh, the instrumental and the intro and some bits and clips of it for the, the music in this podcast. Well, when I launched, uh, I guess it was the second episode of the podcast, YouTube flagged it, says there's a copyright claim on it. I'm like, What? Are you kidding me? It's my music. Well, CD Baby, who is the aggregator that I use, uh, went ahead and put a copyright claim on the, the music we're using in this podcast on my behalf. So it's kind of a, really a convoluted craziness here. I want them to do that, but not against my stuff. Right. So now I got to go on how to figure out how to tell CD Baby, well, that's actually my stuff. So thank you for collecting royalties from me to give back to me after your cut. Yeah. But, you know, it's just it's just crazy how all that. Well, well you know media what we should works. do? We should use one of my songs too. <laughs> well, there you go. Sure, <laughs> you just rob your pocket from the royalties yeah, you earn on this. Right, right on, right on. <laughs> yeah, we could definitely do that. We'll have to listen to your clips for and stuff. Millions of pennies. <laughs> hey, why not, man? Every cent counts, right? I'm cra- It's crazy, man. I was looking at my statement the other day, and it was like, I mean, just thousands of pages, but they're all like, you know. Point oh 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 two three. Okay. Yeah. Point oh 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 four six. And yeah. this is like, I mean, Apple Music, Google. What? I mean, just forty, fifty, however many downloads they get it to. It was amazing. But mm-hmm. I'm just like, man, that's a hundredth of a cent, I think, or thousands yeah, exactly. of a cent. And it varies too. I mean, one one spin on uh, on uh, Spotify could be a, like a half a penny at one moment, and then another time it's going to be like a hundredth of a penny yeah. it's crazy i don't get it either yeah there's some there's some strange logic to all of that kind of stuff so where is the furthest most remote region of the world that has downloaded your stuff or oh, listen to your stuff man i mean it's all over i you know like i said there was the first page i looked at was like it said it had 37 pages and it only goes back like i think three years hmm or something and so i didn't make it through all the 36 pages but i mean it's like you know every line is a download or a stream or a listen or whatever and it tells you you know where it's coming from like and then there's other reports that'll look and it'll tell you where in the world and i mean south america europe asia india africa i mean all over the place nice. australia I mean, just every place. And so it's pretty amazing to think that, hey, people are listening to this. They're they're streaming it somehow. Mm-hmm. You know, are they beating down your door with, <laughs> you know, $500 order of Christmas merchandise? Probably no, not. maybe no. not. But the music's out there, and it that's is. cool. That yeah. wasn't possible 30 years ago. No, it wasn't. No, you're lucky just to have somebody make a mixtape of your stuff, right? Yeah. Well, just today I, was, I happened to look, and uh, Good to Be Alive, which was my first release uh, this year, was... Uh, Somebody downloaded it in Japan. 
It's like, wow, okay, now I've got the Asian market. I've had European already because uh, some people in France and Norway and and uh, someone in Ireland. Too. Well, you know what you can say now? What's that? That you're big in Japan. I am. Well, <laughs> I would be live at the Budokan any day You're probably now. at least five inches taller than most people there. Uh, that's true. <laughs> the only time I've been to Japan is through the airport. So I was born there. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, Tashikawa Air Force Base. Yeah. Carlos was the Air Force guy, huh? No, they were teaching for Department of Defense. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. they taught for Department of Defense, and so I was born at the Air Force Base nice. in Tachikawa. Nice. You like sushi? Love it. I do, too. We're going to have to do sushi for lunch one of these plants. Yeah, meetings. yeah, you can keep the sake. I'm not too much on that. But. A little bit of that goes a long way, and the headache goes even further. <laughs> it tastes terrible. I don't know what it is. So, awesome, man. Man, the NAM show was last week. Yeah, man. I just, the, the Facebook was full of it and just you, being in the uh, event business, in the trade show business, I can just imagine the headache that that show's got to be to put on. It's enormous, man. Yeah. I mean, when I went, it was at the, they had it at the convention center downtown LA a few years ago and they're back to Anaheim, I guess. But I mean, we were staying an hour away, and it was like it was hard getting there. And once you get there, I mean, it's just so much to see. You just hardly can absorb it all, you know. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's so loud in there. You're like packed earplugs. If you're going <laughs> to Nam, first thing you should put in your bag is a pack of earplugs because you know other people trying out gear and amps and stuff. And it's just like, I mean. Two or three days of that's about all you can take. Right, because it's none of it's organized noise. It's just chaos. Yeah, well, they're all trying to sell their stuff. And, I mean, everybody's rolling out their new products for the year. And so that's really exciting. Just, you know, now with the videos and everything, it's just awesome because you can kind of see what's happening mm -hmm. and see what's going on without going to all this effort. And Yeah. You yeah. know, it's just pretty neat, but... Now is the NAM show open to the public, or do you have to? You got to get a special invite because it's for the manufacturers and, and uh, retailers, isn't it? Well, I think you can go up there and walk up and buy a ticket. I'm not really sure. Right. You know, this has been some years ago when I went to Los Angeles and both to Nashville. But I think you know that it's the National Association of Music Merchandisers. Mm -hmm. So certain stores and people like that, they probably have to pay a membership to be in it. And right. I, I don't know how that all works, but. Uh, I think, you know, I just bought a ticket and walked in there because I was, you know, doing some uh, trade show stuff myself. Yeah, and, yeah. You've had your your dabblings in the, the merchandising business and retail mm -hmm. business. With yeah. Back Porch it, Records and yeah, Cosmic Cowboy. And yeah, it was just like, <laughs> you know, I was I was we're looking for a few of those kind of opportunities there. And, I mean, it was well worth going to, you know, because I made a lot of contacts. Some people I still even hang out and know today, you know. Nice. I met, met at NAM one way or another. and. It's just a good way for everybody that's actually in the business to be in one place for a few few days, hours, whatever, and, right. you know, just show off what they're coming up with, what they're coming out with. You know, I've watched hours and hours and hours of this every year, you know, because <laughs> it's just it's pretty fascinating what they're coming out with these days as far as technology and any pedals, amps, guitars. I mean, there's always builders out there, that, oh, yeah. you know, just amazing the amount of stuff that's out there to buy. Mm -hmm. It really is. And so yeah. some of it is an improvement on current things, other stuff I just still don't understand, you know. Yeah, that's crazy. And the, the way the whole pedal business has exploded over the last one, decade or so. And Man. it started off with a lot of the modders out there, those yeah. you know, Keeley and those guys and then Wampler that like to get in there and mod these pedals and analog man's another one. Mm -hmm. And they just turn these things into very lucrative businesses. Yeah. And it's it's become I'm, I'm guilty. I've got pedals laying all over here too. It's, yeah. 
I uh, kind of fell into that uh, rabbit hole of, you know, you spend a thousand dollars on pe- pedals to try to sound like a five hundred dollar amplifier. You right. Know, you know, go figure. It's right? crazy, man. <laughs> and you know, it's like how many variations on a one thing do you really need? Yeah, tube screamers. And, yeah, I think I think we got it covered. <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, there's it's a, it's really cool because they're all unique, you mm-hmm. know. And I, I like to support small businesses that are doing it for different reasons and huge corporations but i'm just kind of like you know the saturation point i can go out and do a gig on whatever mm-hmm. I, i've just tried to train myself to be like non-conditional with equipment mm-hmm. you know if if all I, all there is is a vox ac15 and a telecaster well i can do the gig sure, sure. if there's a les paul and a plexi i can do the gig if mm-hmm. you know just try to like be flexible in the fact that i'm never always going to have the same exact stuff same exact pedals the same exact everything you got to be able to work with all of it but mm-hmm. it's still neat to sit there and watch these videos and fantasize about what it'd be like to have all this stuff but right. i figure you know a volume knob a tone knob a guitar cable and a guitar you know if you can do gigs on that then all the other stuff's kind of like just it's icing on a cake already sure, you sure. know I, I don't need a rotovibe to do the gig i don't need a wah pedal to do the gig but i could do some stuff on there that mm-hmm. really adds to it you know and so I try not to get too tied up in it, but, you know, I feel like technology is moving around so fast, you know, it's worth it to kind of keep up with what's going mm-hmm. on a little bit, you know. Yeah. And uh, some of those amps that Marshall's coming out with, I mean, that's pretty brilliant. 20 watts. This is a Plexi now that's 20 watts. <laughs> this is a JCM 800 that's 20 watts. That is pretty attractive because, you know, it's easy to haul around. It's, you know, not mm-hmm. not quite as loud as 100 water, and so... Those kind of things are fun to see develop. You know, Vi's got that new bunch of amps. They're, they're actual preamps. Mm-hmm. You know, they're tube preamps from all these different amp models. Vox, Fender. I mean, he went down the list, and he's got five or six of them in this rack running into a power amp. And you can power a bunch of speakers. Mm-hmm. You can. I mean, it's just really cool because carrying around all those amps and, do, and the care and maintenance and feeding of all those amps <laughs> is quite quite a lot of work and uh, a lot of space and he's got it all in like one little you know rack and a couple speaker cabinets that's pretty exciting yeah yeah. you know and it's not modeling it's true that's cool it's true preamp of these famous amplifiers so that was interesting am i going to go out and shell out for it probably not (laughs) yeah you might as well do the modeling then if you're just playing around at home yeah i mean That's cool. Yeah, and so all the builders, they show their, you know, latest creations. That's pretty exciting. A lot of these guys are, you know, they start out in their garage building guitars for a few friends and stuff. Next thing you know, they get some bands playing them, and it's like, wow, you know, you start to recognize these brands, you know, and it's amazing how some of these brands have taken over, uh, you know, the visibility. You know, Gibson, they're always going to be there one way or another. But uh, Fortunately, I mean, they managed to skirt the whole – bankruptcy thing huh yeah i guess so man i don't know what <laughs> happened i mean it's it's like when you get up to that it's like high finance you know right. what i mean it's you know you're buying and selling debt basically and I, they got that you know guy from levi's in there now it's the ceo and i guess he's turned levi's around so he thought maybe they could turn them around we'll see i, I like the stuff that i've seen coming out this year mm-hmm. it looks really no nonsense no frills and you know, decent prices. I mean, some of that stuff, who's going to buy a $7,000 guitar? Not me. Right, but I think that they also made a crucial mistake when they were trying to go the absolute opposite direction and were selling $100 Les Pauls. Yeah. It's like, anybody who wants a guitar can have a $100 Les Paul. It's like, you're really starting to, uh, you know, 
you're, you're tearing down the name. I mean, Les Paul has got just this iconic name. And if you're going to slap it onto a service merchandise style guitar, then, you know. Yeah, I don't know really... how many Maestro buy Gibsons. I've seen advertised as a Gibson guitar. Right. And, right, they're, right. and they're convinced that it's worth 500 bucks because it says Gibson on it. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, it also says Maestro by Gibson, yes. which when you tell them that was a line that got sold at Best Buy and at Radio Shack for like $100, $100, mm-hmm. then then you know they don't believe you or whatever but you know it's branding and that's you know big corporate stuff and sure. I, I like what they're coming out with this year i'm excited to see how how it all plays out that's cool really cool so what is what is your gear of choice then oh man you know i, I like i like using all of it i mean I, i've amassed a pretty good little pile of it over the years of teaching and playing and trading and buying and selling and stuff and you know, I love Gibson guitars. I love Fender guitars. I love Alvarez guitars. I mean, just, you know, up to when I got hurt, I was playing a lot of solo gigs. And so I was doing those solo gigs on this, like, 12-string acoustic electric Alvarez. Oh, nice. Yeah. And so, you know, that was cool. And, I mean, it's in for a refret right now and back in service, hopefully, in a few weeks. and. I really like that, just straight in, you know. I don't use a whole bunch of complicated stuff. Mm-hmm. The electronics and that sound pretty good, you know. It's a pretty no-nonsense setup. You know, electric gigs. Last electric gig I did, I was playing this. Uh, it's a it's a Firebird that's like a 80s Epiphone Firebird. It's a bolt-on neck. We gave like 140 bucks for it. Nice. And, you know, it's been relics a little bit, and it's, you know... I've, so have I. Uh, <laughs> I've done a few things to it, you know, to change the tuners out. and But it's all stock, I mean, you know, and so I was playing that through this uh, Marshall 18-watt clone amp that my friend Les started before he passed. And so mm-hmm. another friend of ours, Mark, finished it up, and I ended up with it. But it's an 18-watt Marshall clone head into a 410 cabinet. And I'm usually running like a EP booster, exotic booster mm-hmm. in the front. And I got that on all the time. And then a tube screamer, Max and 808 overdrive tube screamer, mm-hmm. Rotovibe and a wah pedal, maybe a flanger or chorus. Just depends on how much mm-hmm. patience I got that night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I understand that. But, you know, I like gear. Who doesn't? But I mean, at the same time, you shouldn't let it like dictate what you're doing you know right you know uh i had posted several about a year or so ago i built out this really large pedal board in fact it, i didn't i took it out of service got tired of holding it around <laughs> i had all my pedals on there it's all wired up it's looking really fancy and i you saw all the memes about the worship guitarist yes pedal board. yeah <laughs> and i threw a picture up there and a, a buddy of mine goes you're killing your tone of the natural tone of your guitar and your amp with this it's like if i had the luxury of being able to just play with that absolutely but yeah. as a worship guitar player i mean every song i play is an entirely different setup so i mean it, it's like I'm, it's like i'm tap dancing out there hitting pedals and changing tunes and you know flipping uh pickups around and, yeah well one thing i discovered, even changing a guitar one out, thing so. i discovered that works pretty good is this looper it's a loop you know mm-hmm. so you got like you plug the pedals into loops and so on loop one you might right. just have your overdrives yep. okay in loop two you have your time-based effects chorus mm-hmm. delay etc Loop three, have your one like I have this fuzz face. This thing just as cantankerous as I'll get out. It does not like anything else in the chain, and so put that on loop three by itself. Nice. So when you, you step on it, it takes it completely out right. of the loop, you know. And so that works pretty good. But there again, you know, the power supply on it's so cheap and just mm-hmm. junky. It's like man, 
this thing gets snapped someplace, I'm going to have a hard time finding another mm-hmm. one of these in the middle of the night, you know? So it's all like, I, I love those gigs where I just show up. I call it my hit and run rig. I've got this like <laughs> Marshall, um, mini, it's like a mini stack. And so I've got like one speaker cabinet from that. It's a single 10 and it's loaded with a Reverend 10 inch speaker. And then I have this electro harmonics makes this 22 watt, uh, amp. That's like the size of a stomp box. Cool. And it's got a volume knob and a bright switch on it. So <laughs> nice. I can carry the, the cabinet in one hand. The little amp seriously would fit in my pocket. Oh, cool. Chords and a guitar, and I'm in and out of there easy. So, you know, that's my hit and run rig that I like to get, go to. And you just ride your volume. Sure, and, you know, sure. it tr- teaches you how to be a more expressive player, I think, because I have to focus on, all right, now what can I do for this part? All right, flip pickups, roll yep. the tone back, roll the volume back you know, play lighter, play harder, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's the kind of thing that I really like sometimes is just forgetting all the junk in between and just going straight into the amp. Oh yeah. yeah. Although riding the volume on the, I find it on the Les Paul's tough. That's real simple on my Strat or my Telly. I can just get my pinky in there and go for it. See, and, and I always so think... So I actually have a uh, volume pedal that I use now just yeah. to kind of help out with that. Plus to kick it off between uh, songs so I don't accidentally hit a chord in the middle of a prayer. Or right on, yeah. <laughs> yeah, volume pedal's real handy, you know. And I, I was like, for delays and stuff, that really works. But, oh, you yeah. know, it's just another tone sucker, you know what I true, mean? True. And so, you know, you're like... All this true bypass, all this, I just don't have time for it, you know? Yeah. I don't have the patience to really get into it, like, get into it. So, I look, I watch, I see all these videos, and it's, you know, there's people out there that are strictly just into pedals, pedals, right, pedals, right. pedals. Tone chasers, right? Yeah, exactly. Once again, the guys that spent $1,000 trying to sound like a $500 amplifier. Yeah, I mean, I wish I would have bought one of those. <laughs> Which Klon, I, I do, I do. Those Klon Centaur Overdrives, man, when he was still making those, those oh. were like $300, and then... I had a chance to buy one of those for a couple hundred bucks one time, and I didn't do it. Well, now the original ones are like a couple thousand dollars. Oh, crazy. It is crazy. It's like, it's a great sound overdrive, no Mm -hmm. kidding, but I just don't know that I could cough up the difference between that and something, you know. I'm almost more thrilled with what I can get for cheap now. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's more like quantity instead of quality. Yeah, yeah. It's It's like, like, what? I can get five pedals for this amount. Yeah, what can I find that's cheap that works good and sounds good, you know? (laughs) it's That's more amazing to me. Anybody can spend tons of money on expensive stuff. You know it's going to be good, but now what can I get that's cheap? What's the first thing you do when you bring a new pedal home? (sighs) I plug it into like a big loud amp, turn it up for a few hours and, you know, play different stuff Mm -hmm. on it play you know low volume soft volume play it through different amps you know because they don't all sound good together right the combinations are strange you know mm-hmm. i have this sg special and it just doesn't sound good through my 50 watt basement for instance i just don't understand why that is i you know but you plug in one of the other sgs different pickups maybe i don't know mm-hmm. it's just it's strange how that voodoo works you know and some combinations you think would sound good together just doesn't do it for me. Right, right. And so you just try to like, you know, okay, I know this sounds good. I know this sounds good. I know that sounds good. And you just spend a little time fooling around with it, mm-hmm. you know. First thing I do is I take the 9-volt battery out of it. Oh, yeah. Because I tell you, there's nothing worse than going back about a year or two later to find out that 9-volt corroded and yeah. your $150 investment's now worthless. I so. know. I, I hate batteries. <laughs> yeah. I hate battery power. I'm just I'm really surprised that they still put them in, in new pedals. Yeah. It's like, why? I, I get that you... You know, these, these manufacturers and, and retailers are wanting to do exactly what you're saying. Give them the opportunity to go straight home and, and, and plug it in, but... 
it seems to be like the only product out there where batteries are included. <laughs> yeah, know? right. Exactly. It's right. Crazy. I mean, even that even that Roger Mayer fuzz face I got, that thing's really fin- finicky, but it's like one of the old ones, you know, it's shaped like a spaceship and it's cast yeah, aluminum and mm-hmm. it's signed by Roger Mayer inside. Yeah. I mean, that thing doesn't have a AC jack in it. I had to put one in there. Oh, wow. It just comes with a thing for a battery and then, you know, I had to put a little adapter on there to get it to run off an AC jack. And so it's like, you know, it's tradition. It's, yeah. I get it, but you got to make it usable in the world. Today. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, with all the, the one spots and things like that out there. In fact, yesterday I modded, I modded an Altoids tin to be a battery pack. Hey, how cool. It's, uh, I'll show it to you later on. It's not going to do a lot of good on the audio podcast, but uh, I'll have a video up later this week of me modding it. So yeah, it's got two nine volt batteries in there and just plug it right on. Man, I've seen this guy, this guy's like selling this amp kit. You make, put the amp kit together and he like, you can put it in an Altoids tin. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen those, those little minty tins or whatever really yeah. neat yeah really neat well you know that's it's been kind of a tradition amongst the pedal boardists out there is you have an altoids tin on there and it's always a big mystery of what's kept in there right so, well now i have a less nefarious uh explanation of what's in my altoids tin yeah right <laughs> <laughs> so you know it's legal in some states but uh yeah. anyway <laughs> yeah thank god for oklahoma yeah huh? exactly so well cool man cool so not nam show You've been to it? Like, did you ever go to the Summer Nam? Yeah, I went to the one in Nashville. That was really, you know, a little bit less people, a little less manufacturers. You know, they do most of their putting out the new stuff in January. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it will be available between now and the next Nam, which is in July usually. Mm-hmm. So that that was same but different. You know, Nashville's a little different city than Los Angeles, a little easier to get around to. You know, mm-hmm. and there's tons of players there, but... You know, I think a lot of times you know, your heroes one, out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Your namesake, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've been uh, following him on Facebook lately too. It's like, dude, it's insane. Well, there's another guy that I saw played Kansas City. His name is M A E S O N. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's just gotten to the point where I get fan mail for more for them more than I get for me. <laughs> I got a call for a gig the other day. The guy was like, "Oh, you're not that Matt Mason." I'm like, "Sorry, I'm from Oklahoma." Yeah. Yeah. Well, back when I was going by Mark Allen uh, 15, 20 years ago, Mark Allen, is, Allen's my middle name, and it's a lot better than the Veerthaler, which is a little hard for some people to pronounce, but uh, I guess there was a Christian singer-songwriter named Mark Allen. I started getting all these emails, hey, can you play our church gig? It's like, the, back then, I was all into hedonistic rock and roll music. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like, I think you got the wrong guy, but, you know, if you want something a little more fun, let me know. Yeah, I, I I mean Matt Mason in Nashville's really good and he's like, you know, was on the Nashville Star Tour and mm-hmm. he's done a lot of things and has a pretty good following all over the place. You know, I get a message from Rhode Island, man, he sounded great in Rhode Island last <laughs> night. And I write back, I never played in Rhode Island. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you happen to sign up for my mailing list though? Yeah, right on. <laughs> so it's really weird. That's that, awesome. That is really weird. You know, that's one thing, a bit of advice that I can give you guys is you're going out there in your DIY world, uh, do your research on your name, because that's another, because I I was going by Mark Allen and decided in this last batch of releases that I'm doing, it's going to be Mark V, V for Virithaler, right? Believe it or not, there's a Mark V out there, and he's like some hip-hop guy. So when I launched my uh, stuff and it got onto Spotify, it ended up under him, and it's Mark V and Poogie. 
Well, I mean, I could I could see you venturing into hip hop. I uh, just yeah, but I wouldn't team up with a guy named Poogie. <laughs> Why anyways, not, man? Well, maybe he's cool. Yeah, maybe. You know, I shouldn't judge a name by its cover, right? You never Poogie. know. Never know. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, well, on that subject though, I got uh, got a house pass, and you and I, I guess, are going down to Austin in August. Is it August? It is August. August for the uh, DIY Musician Conference there. That'll be cool. Yeah, yeah. I haven't been to Austin in a long time, so I'm looking forward to definitely being down there for that and try to learn some stuff. So we'll probably be doing some uh, some podcasting from there. Maybe. And this is the CD Baby Conference. Yeah. DIY, yeah. DIY Musician Conference. Yes. Yeah, I got a few questions I'd like answered for sure. <laughs> I mean. It's like, yeah, get my stuff out there better, please. But uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, I've seen some of the videos that have come out of there and... Uh, it's uh, enlightening, you know, these people. I think they've had it in Nashville a few times. Have they? Yeah, and I think this might be the first one in Austin. Oh, that's cool. But it'll be good because we got friends down there, yep. so we'll yep. have a good old time. Exactly. So so i got to go get my uh, my uh, entry paid off uh, next month. Or next well, yeah, week, the early so. bird tickets are already on sale, I think. Yeah, yeah, they're already doing that. So reserve hotel room, all that kind of stuff, so. Well, that's cool, man. Looking forward to, uh, gosh, we used to take those road trips out to Dallas. That was some fun. Talking yeah, about was. shows. The, what was that? The Greater Dallas Guitar Show? Oh, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, that was, man, I went to that a bunch of years in a row. Yeah. That was a good time. Fact, I mean, 100,000 square foot of guitar stuff. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. You, you always had your truck so we can load it up with uh, Little Kings and whatever merchandise we bought back. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then we go down and play, uh, play on the street corner, Deep Elm. That yeah, that was fun. cool, man. I didn't. I, that was, man. We we did pretty good for a couple hours down there. <laughs> Only got to play two or three songs, really. You know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, they just kept going by. And remember those girls in the limo kept driving back and forth and taking pictures out the sunroof of us. It's yeah, like, I think they cool. wanted you definitely. I don't know about that, but, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I just remember we walked into a, one of the bars down there, ordered a couple beers, and just dumped a handful of change on the bar. And the guy looked at us. It's like just got off work <laughs> yeah man that was a good time yeah so little... I should go back to that maybe yeah did they change ownership on that show though didn't they the guitar show well there? i think charlie charlie passed away uh, or not charlie but mark the guy that owned charlie's guitars he passed away so i i don't know they I, don't, I haven't been in a few years but i'm you know they're still still doing it. and it's still just as awesome as ever yeah i mean that's like sometime usually in may i think it is now Right, because when we would go down there, usually be over the March. weekend that had uh, the time change. So it's yeah, like, yeah, we get to sleep in. No, we don't get to sleep in an extra hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like in May now, and yeah, so okay. I've been, I haven't been in a few years, but it sure is cool. Yeah, it's close enough driving. It's only four hours from here, so yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah, I mean, I've had a, one one legendary weekend. I had around that. I went, I played Friday night with this rhythm section in Tulsa. Then I got up and I went and rehearsed with a different rhythm section during the day on Saturday. Then I went and played this afternoon gig with a different rhythm section. Then I loaded up my stuff and went to another show that night with a yet another rhythm section. <laughs> then after the show, I came back to Tulsa. The show was out in Venita, a few, like 60 miles from Tulsa. And so I got back to Tulsa, unloaded my stuff. Then we headed down to Dallas to the guitar show. Got there probably 10, 30, 11 o'clock Sunday morning. 
and uh, hung out all day, watched all kinds of stuff. You know, you're just, I was so exhausted. It was just, I was delirious, mm-hmm. you know, just, I mean, so that was really a weird experience, but I enjoyed it mm-hmm. immensely. And I got home Sunday night really late and I was like, man, I was, that was one of the tiredest I've ever been in my whole <laughs> life, but it sure was fun, you know, mm-hmm. played a lot of music, saw a lot of stuff, listened to a lot of people. Yeah. It's cool. They still have live bands out there. Oh, so yeah. Andy Timmons played that one time we went there. Oh, there. heck, it's like, you know, now it's like, you know, the guitar festival or something, and they've got, you know, a couple stages outside maybe oh, cool. and one inside, and, you know, you never know who you're going to see walking around, playing, whatever, and it's just, that's pretty inspiring. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely cool. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to our, our Austin trip and uh, many more to come soon. So Yeah, well, I hope we learned something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we yeah. are... We already know 12 ounces is approximately a beer, and so we don't have to really prove that anymore. But, no. I mean, there's a lot of good topics they're going to be talking about. Sure. A lot of people that are going to be like, you know, it's just like anything else. If you're a doctor, a lawyer, or anything, you've got to have, like, some ongoing training, Absolutely. ongoing, uh, you know, inspiration. Continuing to, education. Yeah. yeah, and so things move so fast. This is going to be really good. Yeah. CD Baby Independent Musicians Conference in Austin. Yeah, so... If you guys happen to be down there, look us up. Uh, we'll be glad to let you buy us a beer and uh, we'll talk music. So. <laughs> well, anyway, that puts us right about 30 minutes, so it's uh, good to hang out again with you, man. And, yeah. Uh, I, guess, uh, I guess that's about all I got for this, this episode. All right. <laughs> well, let's start on the next one. All right. Sounds cool. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. Remember, if you guys like us, be sure to like us. Sharing, sharing is caring. So, uh, you know, and... Uh, Soon I'll have the Patreon link up if you guys want to throw a couple bucks our way. But until then, this is Matt and Mark's Astute Observation and Insightful Discussions About Music Podcast. See y'all later. Peace.